Brooklyn's Radio believes your health matters. It's Jill Bennett on Brooklyn's Radio. The 10th of October was World Mental Health Day 2021, and this is an international day for global mental health awareness. It's education and policy advocacy. This year's theme, as announced by the World Federation for Mental Health, is mental health in an unequal world. My guests today are Trisha Wolfrey, one of the most highly qualified therapists I know and published author of five books, Vidya Bellur, a therapeutic coach and mentor, Lorraine Adebowali, a creative learning specialist, coach and NLP practitioner, Paula Walsh, a self-love and empowerment coach, and Alexandro Ferrulo, um, a Qigong teacher and winner of the 2021 Spiritual Health Practitioner of the Year Award. Good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Congratulations, Alessandro. Oh, thank you. I know. It's a fantastic accolade to get. Okay, so I'd like to run around the room quickly to to all of you so you can tell us a little bit about your background, um, just so that our listeners know who's on the call today. So we'll start with Tricia, please. So my name is Tricia Wolfrey. I'm an integrated coach and therapist. And what that means is I deal with the whole person. Uh, I work on um, uh, clarity, skill set, mindset, stress, resilience, health and energy. I'm um, a master practitioner in NLP. I'm an advanced clinical hypnotherapist. I'm a nutritionist. I've got a whole uh, bag of uh, techniques that I use to help people to find the thing that helps them the most. And I specialize mostly in stress, anxiety, uh, eating disorders and depression. Um, That's probably all you need to know. Six books, by the way. I'm so sorry. Six books. I got <laughs> wrong the other day and said eight, and now I'm now I'm reducing it. So I do apologise. So six. I've books. got two in my mind, though. So you were right the first time. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's obviously what I could hear in my in my mind. Okay. Vidya, would you like to tell us more about yourself? Yeah, good to be here. Yeah, my name is um, Vidya Bello, and I am a therapeutic coach and mentor. My business is Vivid Outcomes, um, and really, my business. It's really about specialising and helping people, children, teens, adults, very much like Tricia, with stress, anxiety, depression, those habits that arise um, from all of that and really helping people to find a sense of ease and calm. Um, I use a range of approaches, so hypnotherapy, EFT, uh, mindset coaching, mindfulness, uh, and I'm a somatics coach. Uh, to really get mind and body into that state of ease. Many of us really probably in this room um, have come together. We come into this line of work because we're passionate about helping others because probably we've met some challenges in our own life along the way and really have worked hard to overcome them and work through them and we found solutions that we want to impart to others. So, yeah, that's really my journey. Thank you, Vidya. And you're absolutely right. I don't think there's many people in this world who have never been touched by some form of anxiety or depression. Because I know I, when I was 15, 16, um, was severely depressed after an incident at school and tried to take my own life. And that was when I was, you know, very, very young. So I think you're right. I just think it's wonderful that there's so many amazing practitioners out there. Lorraine, tell us a little about you, please. 
Hi, so yes, I'm Lorraine and I'm a creative learning practitioner, a coach and an NLP practitioner as well. And I largely help people to fulfill their vision. So to bring all of their ideas that are bouncing around in their heads and actually translate them into action. So um, normally tend to work on a project by project basis and work with lots of amazing people who, for example, want to start a charity or they want to run their own business or they want to get their 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 next big job or even if they just want to you know sometimes if they're having a bit of a midlife crisis and they want to get their head around that and get some extra direction and some support some some clarity I'm really big on helping people to fulfill their potential and um, looking very much at the principles of success and how to achieve. And in terms of just my own story with mental health, I started out working freelance. My, my job didn't exist as such, so I created my own path. And um, it was going very well. I was working with some of the big names, you know, like um, I'd got Disney and the London Palladium and the Royal Albert Hall and Harrods and, you know, some, some really wonderful names out there. But because I was physically all over the place, um, my, my work took place in lots of different locations. I found my, my mental state a little bit all over the place as well. And I wasn't aware of any of the amazing support that you know, it's a fellow practitioners that are on with us in the call. I didn't know about any of that. I didn't know it existed. And so shortly before my wedding, uh, I was ma- managing a business and, and preparing for a wedding, which are both really large emotional and financial commitments. And I found that I had just had a total burnout. I, I you know, I, I started the, my marriage broke and broken. Um, and I went on a journey of why that had happened and how I could overcome it. And then I felt so passionate about what I had learned that I then retrained to help others to be able to overcome that so that they didn't have to go through that same struggle. Thank you. Thank you. And I think you're right. Um, Running your own business is extremely stressful. And there's so many people out there after um, the last sort of couple of years who have got used to working at home and would actually love to have their own business and work at home. And I think it's so great to have people who can support them. And I know we're going to touch on later on talking about um, what we think about the NHS offering and prescribing alternative treatments. Because for me, when I was 15, I was given antidepressants. And after two days of taking them, I kept hallucinating and having out-of-body experiences and stopped taking them. So I really think we need to offer people more than just a tablet They need to have some way they can go and talk to someone and actually find a therapy that works for them. Um, Paula, tell us a little about you. Hi, Jill. Um, Yeah, I'm a self-love and empowerment coach. And basically um, the same, really. I spent 30 years trying to, (laughs) with various different uh, spiritual modalities, trying to overcome a lot of my struggles and... I had a career as a lingerie designer, so in many ways I was trying to help women to feel more empowered and more beautiful, but actually underneath all that I felt anything but empowered, and I increasingly realised that actually that's still quite surface level, and for a lot of people, you know, the the issues of low self-confidence, low self-worth, it actually runs a lot deeper. 
yeah, I finally, after I left quite a difficult job, I finally sort of came across something that I do uh, help people with now, this I Love You Me uh, practice, which really helps people to get deep inside and in touch with their inner wisdom and get out of the mind and into the body to show them what really is being held there. And, you know, for me, it was many little me's that had been traumatised by my childhood that I didn't know were there. And, you know, similar, um, I was encouraged a few times to, you know, go on antidepressants. And I knew personally, for me, that wasn't the right choice, because for me, it was, I think I knew there was something else that I needed to see. And for me, that would be sort of a way of numbing out and not actually getting to what I needed to see. So, yeah, I, you know, after 30 years thinking that I would never get to the root cause, it's just, yeah, it's amazing now. And, and, and seeing that, you know, in other people with what I do is, um, yeah, just amazing. Fantastic. And I think, again, um, so many people go through life not feeling they fit in because ultimately they've got self-worth issues and they never get to the bottom of it. They don't realise. They just go through life not not fitting in, not feeling like they fit in anywhere. So, again, it's wonderful to have you with us today. And last but by no means least, Alessandro, welcome. Yes, thank you. I'm so excited to be part of this panel. And um, I work with something called Qigong, which is an energy practice um, from China originally, 4,000-year-old practice. And my company is Flowing Health. And really, I help people to rebalance their energy system in in body and mind and spirit. So the whole person taken into account. And I think a lot of people come to Qigong when they get quite desperate, you know, with a health issue that can't be dealt with or they don't want to go through the sort of, you know, pills and drugs. And so it can really help a lot with, you know, chronic issues, you know, aches and pains, um, even things like long COVID, ME, MS. There's a lot of information on the internet. People can look up on Qigong hospitals, helping people with terminal illness, etc. So it's well known for that. But I think these days, a lot of it is about, um, you know, helping people to, to calm their minds, you know, to help anxiety, overwhelm, you know, stress, which seems to be everywhere. And in my own family, I've had, you know, quite um, someone quite close to me, with mental health issues, you know, which I used to think happened to other people. And then when it happens in your own family, it's like, oh, actually, almost everyone I know knows somebody who is suffering in that area. So it's just woken me up to this. And um, I'm very, you know, I'm very grateful that I have this this practice for myself um, to, to help me cope with that situation, you know, my family situation, but also helping other people. And during these last couple of years, obviously, a lot of it has been online. So... Yeah, I'm very glad to be here today and uh, look forward to chatting more. It's really lovely to have you here today. And yeah, I think the one good thing to come out of the pandemic is us all realising that our businesses, um, therapies and everything else can be done online, that there's no reason why we can't just continue and work and and get to to where we want to be. Well, obviously, the the COVID-19 pandemic has had a major impact on people's mental health. 
And some groups, including health and other frontline workers, students, people living alone, and those with pre-existing mental health conditions have been particularly affected. And services for mental, neurological and substance use disorders have been significantly disrupted. But they say there is still cause for optimism. During the World Health Assembly in May 2021, governments from around the world recognised the need to scale up quality mental health services at all levels. And some countries have found new ways of providing mental health care to their populations. So today we are discussing our thoughts on how um, how our specialists help their clients. You've already heard a little bit about them now and ways that people can help themselves or seek the right therapist to help them through any difficult periods that they have. Tricia, can we start with you, please? Have you noticed an increase in the number of people looking for help in the last couple of years, or maybe a difference in the conditions that are being presented to you? Um, I've definitely noticed a, a massive increase in the number of people seeking help. And um, also, so it's not just the volume, but it's the intensity of the problems that they're presenting with, where the, it seems to be at um, a critical stage for them, much more intense. So uh, I mentioned that I'm doing a lot of work with eating disorders, uh, and I've done that for many years. But at the moment, it seems so prolific. And it's a way of people controlling their feelings, but also numbing their feelings as well, at a time when there is so much uncertainty, there's so much volatility in the world, but also at a time when there has been very little social interaction. Uh, So people are relying very much on social media for that interaction. And that's kind of making things worse, because social media isn't the best medium for uh, mental health. Um, it, it, although people are drawn to it to get that social interaction, but then I think it has a much more negative effect than any positive people get from it personally. So um, I have been able to uh, offer help online, which I was a bit reluctant to do, to be honest with you, because I thought it wouldn't be the same. But actually it is. Um, I prefer to see people face to face, but online is just as good. The negative of that, of course, when you're in talking therapies, is that if the person can be overheard, uh, then that's not so good. So, you know, they need to be able to speak confidentially. So I've got what I call a walk and talk now where they can go for a walk and and, I, and we can do a session while they're in, in a park or, or something pretty, hopefully, for them to look at whilst they're having their problems soothed, if you like. That's a lovely idea, actually, a walk and talk, isn't it? They can get into nature. That's amazing. Well, it's part of healing as well, isn't it? Just being in nature gives you a different perspective. Um, There are so many positive things to being outside. Yeah, definitely. And and I agree with you about social media. I almost wish someone could pass a law that says the only things you're allowed to put on social media are positive and nice. So you're not allowed Um, to do anything. (laughs) Well, yes and no. I'm going to argue with you because um, I I do agree. But I think so many people are trying to project something that is not real. Uh, And it is positive, but it's not real. So, you know, photographs of themselves uh, that they've uh, digitally enhanced Mm -hmm. or they're saying they had a lovely time when they haven't had a lovely time, but they want the world to think that this is really fabulous. So people are comparing their lives to things that aren't real. So it is it is very dangerous, I think. Maybe we should say 
positive, nice, and honest. Honest, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no exaggerations allowed. No. Oh, Vidya. Now, on your website, you describe yourself as a work in progress. Can you elaborate on that a little bit more, please? Yeah, because, you know, when, when I think when we're looking, especially at something like mental health, it's, it's not a clear cut thing because one day you might feel on top of the world. Another day you might have just lost your mojo a little bit and I think it's really important especially when you're aware that you have patterns of thinking or patterns of behavior ways of being that are and can be unhelpful and that you're constantly working in the space of what is helpful to you and I always believe that it's really important to acknowledge that space and honor it really Um, and we are all works in progress there is never this sense of perfection. There is never, you know, alluding back to Trisha's point, this perfection that is often painted, this toxic positivity that is often painted out there in the real world. It's not real. There's the sense of balance where there is so much good. There is sometimes not so good. And when you can be, especially as a practitioner, when you can be real and say that out there to Joe Bloggs, who might be suffering a little that they know they have permission, that it's okay. And I'm not quoting that, it's okay not to be okay. (laughs) But there is a space for that. But with a perspective that you don't have to stay in that, it's a total, um, ever-fluctuating space and it's undulating. And if you can learn to dance with that and adapt to it, and you have the tools to do that, you there's something really incredibly empowering and liberating about that so yeah I always say I'm a work in progress I don't have the answers you know when people come to me they are in a space of problem and they think I go to her and she'll have the solution no we are always working on that solution and that solution is always personal to us and nothing is ever just fixed or fixable because nothing is ultimately broken it's just the relationship we have with simply what is so yeah work in progress (laughs) very good um and I think yeah again you're absolutely right we all have our down days we all have our up days and it's having mechanisms that work for you that will help you to get through whatever the bad time is and that's the other fantastic thing with with practitioners like you all that you can help people find those tools so that um, they know what will help them and what will help them move on um Lorraine your business is called purple am I pronouncing this right Kaizen Kaizen Uh, Kaizen where did you get that name from so Kaizen means comes from the Japanese and it means continuous improvement so just constantly growing and seeking to develop yourself and progress And then purple stands for a lot of wealth. It stands for creativity. And um, it's it's personally my my favorite color. (laughs) So I uh, put the two together to have this sense of creative growth and personal development. Very clever. I love purple as well. It's definitely one of my favorite colors. Um, Paula, many people will resonate with your admission on your website that your lack of self-confidence and self-worth um is there or was there and and as I say we all have that and I still have days when I feel I go somewhere and I think oh should I really be here do I really fit in 
Um, how did it affect your life to the extent that you completely changed what you were doing? Because I would have thought being a lingerie designer was actually quite nice. Yeah, it um, it was. And I, I think it's kind of not lost on me in a way, the sort of relationship with, you know, that beauty and appreciating feminine side of a woman helping to make her feel better to make her feel good and I've always been very creative so I've loved that side but I think as I said it's kind of realizing underneath all of that that we all have these lack of worth and you know often it does come from childhood but it can really affect how you show up in life or how you hold yourself back and how you interact with other people and other relationships. And I think, although I did have this career and, you know, I was good at what I did, but I definitely, I struggled with relationships with people. So I found it quite difficult just interacting with people in a work situation and even having to have quite basic conversations, not necessarily conflict. That was quite a struggle for me and I didn't realise why. But I'd always, you know, that had always been a problem for me, both personally and professionally. So I I think it, yeah, it definitely, I kind of look back and I think it's easy to criticise ourselves. And I am, (laughs) I've always been quite highly critical, but to look back and think, gosh, how I've wasted my life in so many ways, you know, just not being able to find the solution to problems or, you know, why didn't I lighten up and have more fun, you know, but obviously everything is that work in progress and nothing is wasted and everything happens, you know, exactly when it's meant to happen. So, yeah, I think, I think everything happens for a reason and we've all got these journeys we need to go through and, and find our own path through it. So, um, yeah, well, you seem to be doing extremely well now, which is fantastic. Alessandro, I know that chi means energy. Is it Sanskrit? I think it sounds, is it Sanskrit? It's Chinese, actually. Oh, Chinese. Okay. Tell us what qigong is, please. Yeah. um, So qigong is, gong is practice. Um, So actually, qigong is the practice of cultivating this energy. So I think in Indian, I don't know if it is Sanskrit, but it's prana, this life energy. In, in uh, Chinese, it's called the qi. In Korean, it's qi. So basically, it's a vital force that we were born with and gives us life and helps nature to thrive as well. And sometimes as humans, and I think it's been mentioned before today, we, we, we get a bit cut off or fearful from this universal force that that keeps us alive and qigong is just a simple what i teach is a simple self-healing practice to reconnect to this energy that's beyond our own and even if people give it a name like you know it, it could be the divine or all that is you know sometimes if we mention god people have unusual images of what god might be but whatever it is it's an energy that brought us into this world and we'll 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 take life away when 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 you know we're ready when it's ready to take us so it's it's just something that we're all connected to qigong is a simple way to reconnect ourselves to this energy that supports us gives us life and actually flows through the body so the qi needs to flow energy needs to flow and when it stops flowing then we have a pain somewhere or and if it stops flowing completely then that's the end 
Um, so even if we can eat and drink and breathe, we can't live forever. But the, the thing that keeps us alive is this vital chi or energy that is given to us at birth. And um, yeah, and then many different types of qigong. There's martial arts types and meditative. So it's, it's, it's you know hundreds of different types. But in a way, yoga is a kind of qigong. It's an energy practice. So qigong is a general word. And Tai Chi came out of Qigong. More people know about Tai Chi, but Qigong is the original uh, practice observing nature, humans, um, astrology, and bringing it all together. You know, finding our place in the world and reconnecting to ourselves on a deeper level. Fantastic. And I'm excited to say we are going to have a little exercise with uh, Alessandro at the end of the program today. We're just going to take a quick ad break and we'll be back after these messages. Brooklyn's Radio believes your health matters. Sound familiar? With more people working at home and less time to worry about our posture, it's unsurprising that back and neck pain, migraines and sciatica are all on the rise. Luckily, there's somewhere that's got your back. West Chiropractic in West Byfleet prides itself on being a practice helping people from Surrey and beyond with enthusiasm, experience and expertise. With plenty of five-star reviews, it's a place you truly can trust. Book a free discovery visit now to speak with one of their expert chiropractors and find out how to move forward with a program tailored to your situation. Visit them online at westchiropractic.co.uk. It's Jill Bennett on Brooklyn's Radio. Okay, welcome back. So we're here today for Your Health Matters. October's Your Health Matters. And um, in honor of Mental Health Awareness Day, we are talking about mental health issues. And I have some great guests with me. Let's move on. Tricia, do you think it would be a good idea for doctors to be able to prescribe alternative therapies? In Japan, they can prescribe forest bathing. In Norway, homeopathy. In Denmark, reflexology. In Stockholm County, they can prescribe massage and there's lots of others in other European countries do you think that's a good thing I think it's a brilliant thing um, because you know if you think about the burden on the NHS at the moment and your experience when you are 15 or 16 and you're given antidepressants uh, they're not right for everyone they're wrong for a lot of people they do save some people's lives but it, it costs a lot of money and it's not right for everyone what a wonderful way of improving your health by doing it naturally. You know, so the Qigong practice is natural as well. Uh, I do self-hypnosis and EFT, all of those things are natural. It, it is something that is empowering for the individual, reduces the burden on the NHS, uh, improve the social interactions of people uh, out and about. So there'll be less problems with a crime, I'm sure, if people were doing more of these things. Um, I, I, I just don't know why it's... Well, I do know why it's not done. It's because there isn't enough scientific evidence but just because it, there's not enough scientific evidence, and that happens because it's so expensive to run these trials and so time-consuming, does not mean it's not effective. It just, uh, you know, there's lots of anecdotal evidence. Um, so I, I would absolutely say uh, that we should be doing this. One thing, though, um, so you, you were mentioning there, Jill, about different countries doing different things. Uh, I think quite a few of us have said 
people respond to different things. So it's finding what works for that individual uh, because not everybody is the same. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, it's, it's quite a difficult one, isn't it? I know um, the Forest Bathing Institute in the UK are now, they've actually got some research approved with the NHS. So it is something that's being looked at here. Uh, they looked at all the evidence from Japan and thought, yeah, maybe we need to look into this a bit more. So let's keep our fingers crossed that we get lots of other things that will, will eventually come to us here in the UK. Vidya, you work with children and parents. Do you think the challenges of the last two years have made being a parent even harder? Now, there's a question. (laughs) Parenting, isn't it? It's hard anyway. And listen, we've gone from this space of, yes, you send your children to school to learn some homeschool ordinarily, but the majority, they send their children to school to suddenly for parents to have adopted this new role of becoming teacher at home, it kind of blurred all the lines of those boundaries, home and school. Parents were teachers, but they weren't trained to be that way. And actually, the children's learning capacities and and attention and listening to their parents, all those things, they they all got blurred. And I think definitely, I speak even for myself, you know, as a parent, it really threw a spotlight on how I am as a parent, you know, and it, it then it then encourages you to think how you were parented. And it just it, it it's a big, ugly spotlight. I think we've <laughs> these last two two years and actually I say ugly, but actually enlightening if you if you can flip it that way, um, because it really just showed people those things that are intrinsic to us isn't it like as parents are we good enough are we doing the right thing you know different parenting styles all those things were just thrown into the fore and I think in my practice certainly that's what I have seen is that children have adjusted from homeschooling back to school and for some that suited them for others it hasn't and even parents they've struggled with that adjustment themselves um, and really redefining the boundaries following on from from all we've experienced. No I think I think parenting is one of the hardest jobs you'll ever have and as I now have a 21 and a 25 year old and a mosquito bothering me at the moment um, I I have had very in-depth conversations with them about my parenting style when they were younger Um, and I explained to them that we do the best we can with the resources we have available to us at the time and and um, good luck to them when they become parents. <laughs> uh, Lorraine, no matter where we are in our lives and how we feel about the things we've already achieved, many of us continually beat ourselves up about lack of achievement. Why is this and what can we do to stop ourselves? Some of it does stem back to what Vidya is saying about us all having different parenting styles and how we bring up our children and what we're saying. So from childhood, for example, if you've been fed the notion that you are only worthy if you're getting the A grades or if you're achieving or if you've, um, you know, won the awards at swimming club or whatever it is that you've been, um, you know, conditioned and taught is important, then we can sometimes attach 
our self-worth to our achievements rather than it being an intrinsic thing. If you're, if you're taught and you know deep down inside that you are worthy, whatever happens, whatever you get in the grade, I'm, I'm, I'm a typical high achiever. So I would, you know, traditionally get very, very upset if even I only got 99% out of a hundred. And I had to do a lot of work on my own self to be like, do you know what? That isn't, that isn't actually what's important. Um, that feeling of satisfaction uh, and and knowing that you have you have your identity, um, and that is irrelevant of whether you've got <laughs> all of these accolades, whether you've got your dream car or the dream promotion or whatever it is that you think you are attaching your worth to. And I would say that in terms of helping to overcome that, you can do a lot of work on yourself. Obviously, engaging with uh, practitioners is, is one way. But if you wanted to do it yourself, simple practices of forgiveness and gratitude and, uh, you know, just just being in the moment really help with that. And also giving yourself a criteria for success. So knowing at this stage in time, I'm looking to achieve this goal and I'll know I've achieved it if X, Y, Z, A, B, C, one, two, three. And then you can look at which of those you already have and which of those you need to, to get and then really connect with that feeling of success and celebrate it once you've achieved it before moving on to the next one. And then that helps you get out of this perpetuating cycle of constantly seeking that next goal, that next achievement, that next reward. Yeah, very good points there. Um, And I think this whole self-worth thing, if people don't work on anything else, that's a really, really big thing to work on. Um, Paula, we get stuck in the past holding on to our experiences that may have caused us pain and trauma, and we store it in our bodies. So letting go can be very, very hard, even harder if it is unconscious, or we think we've let it go, but you know something is still resurfacing. How can we identify that this is an issue for us and holding us back? Yeah, I think, again, it is that sort of when you go on that journey of of exploring what what is going on in your world you know I think for a lot of people maybe they're quite happy with how they navigate you know their life and there could be a belief there that's holding them back or maybe not but it doesn't really matter if they're happy but I think you know there's a lot of people that actually at some point in their life will realize actually I'm not necessarily feeling fulfilled I'm not getting where I need to get to and that they know there's something deeper and obviously if you have had childhood trauma and you haven't looked into that you can more or less guarantee that that will be causing you a problem you know for me personally when I was little my parents used to fight and so on a conscious level I knew that it affected me because I used to wake up but I didn't realize that actually I had these parts of me that were still traumatized and actually that is what was causing a lot of my issues and a lot of my struggles so I think it's you know when people do start to acknowledge actually what is it that's keeping me stuck you do need to kind of reach out and get help with with a therapist with that but it's also just starting to realize where you know when we are in struggle when we are being triggered we think it's our adult self 
that's getting triggered and that is in pain, but actually it's all those little me's that are inside of us crying out to be seen and heard and acknowledged. And until we really see them and, you know, what do they need? What are they really feeling? That's when we can then start to heal those struggles and actually come back in alignment with, you know, the truth of who we are. Again, I completely agree. And I think sometimes those little things that happened when you were a child are buried so deep that you just, until something triggers it, you don't even realise it is affecting you. I know that's happened to me on a couple of levels. Um, Alessandro, you've told us a little bit about what uh, Qigong is. Tell us how it can help people who may be suffering from anxiety and other mental health challenges. Yeah, well, some big issues there. And I think um, we'll do a little practice at the end to kind of slow down and rest the mind a bit. So we'll, we'll have something interactive. But um, anxiety in Chinese medicine re- relates to the lungs. So it's, you know, breathing. And I think even myself, if I get tense, I hold my breath. Of course, if I hold it for too long, you know, I won't, <laughs> won't survive. But we tend to hold the breath quite a lot. And I think when we're anxious, it's just to remind ourselves to really pause. Just Just pause and breathe, and then even breathe more deeply. There are many different techniques, and nowadays there's loads of great, you know, videos on, on YouTube, you know, whether it's Qigong or yoga, lots of different techniques to remind ourselves to fully breathe. And when we breathe well, it oxygenates the, the, the blood, it actually helps our circulation, it helps the brain to work, to function better. So breathing even though it sounds so simple, everybody has has control over their breathing, thank God, you know, except when we sleep. So actually, that's another issue that we're being breathed by the universe, which is quite amazing if we think about it. So breath is so important, I'd say for anxiety, just pause, breathe, whatever technique we've learnt, or let's learn some techniques and use that. And I think um, mental health issues is often the mind you know, just working too much, doing too much. In the Chinese tradition, the mind is in the heart. In the West, we separate it. And and that's one of the biggest issues, is that all this is sort of working so hard up here. And and if scientists open the, 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 the head and the brain, you can't find the mind anyway. So so it's I'm not saying it's made up, but it kind of is. You know, I thought we can make ourselves happy. There's a great um, monk, um, the happiest monk in the world. And he's, you know, he, they wire him up to these machines. I, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But anyway, and he can he, he proves how he can make himself happy, make himself miserable just by thinking certain things. So the mind is just incredible. We are in control, actually. And, you know, if we're not, we can learn ways. And I know in, in Qigong and in, in Buddhism, a lot of mental health um, you know, sufferers become monks because through the meditation, through the practices, it, it clears these mental health issues, the overthinking. And a lot of these practices we're talking about today is actually switching off the mind for a while. When we switch it off, thoughts can pause or stop or slow down and then we can think more clearly you know have more mental clarity so it's it's a it's a big issue but there's a lot of help out there so I would say visible and invisible help to reach out for that there's a great quote by Abraham Lincoln where he said people are about as happy as they make up their minds to be 
I think it's so true. Trisha, you have a great resource page on your website um, for people to, to turn to for help during the pandemic. And I've listened to one of your meditations. You've got such the perfect calming voice for this. Does hypnotherapy work for people with mental health challenges? And if so, how does it work? Yeah, absolutely. It works on the nervous system. So when we're very stressed, our fight or flight system uh, the sympathetic nervous system is very very active and what hypnotherapy does is help to calm it down and there are various types of hypnotherapy so I do teach people to do hypnotherapy on themselves and there it it shows that there's various levels so it's got uh, similarities to mindfulness where you're focusing on the breath as Alessandro says which is very very helpful also meditation Uh, but also doing transformational work. So it can help, uh, for example, uh, create a dress rehearsal for something in the future. So something that you might be anxious about that you want to uh, rehearse for, it can help you do that in a way that makes you calm. The other thing when, when you're doing deeper work, which I do a lot of, is it can neutralize those things so Paula was saying about the the little me's was it the little me's um it can help to soothe the inner child or uh neutralize those events of the past so they're no longer affecting you in the present uh, so you know the past is left behind and you just bring with you the learnings to empower you in the future so it, it's it's really terrific and you can learn to do it yourself as well which better still <laughs> Well, not better that I shouldn't have said that, should I? But it's nice to be, it's empowering, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think if you can have a session with a therapist once a week and they give you a recording for you to do at home, it's the perfect combination, isn't it, to to keep something working? Yeah. Vidya, one of the therapies you use is somatic coaching, which I'd never heard of and I thought I'd heard of most therapies. Can you tell us what that is and how that works? Well, it's much like we've all talked about today. Lots of this, when we think about mental health and being mentally healthy we are so in the mind we have forgotten and and such has been actually the the practice that our heads are separate from our bodies but actually we are a whole system body and mind and actually when we think of mental health we have an intelligence that is in our bodies it's a wisdom and you know look at something like anxiety as Alessandra said our breath gets maybe a bit more shallow we might get an experience in the pit of our stomach And actually, it's about fostering an understanding of what is our body really sharing with us. It will not be the first time we've ever met that feeling. Little me, as Paula said, has met that feeling before. And what what is that embodied feeling of anxiety or of the feeling that we are experiencing? You know, even when we look at something like depression, a person might feel very, if you actually look at them, they're probably quite curled away. They're quite insular. They want to be, they want to, to hide away. That's an embodied state of how they might be feeling mentally. And so if you can free up the body and what the body is sharing and that embodied footprint, if you like, of the mental map, there is a, the understanding of someone for themselves is, is actually really freeing. Um, so I always advocate that people do practices like Qigong, meditation, things that or 
or any yoga movement practice alongside any mental therapeutic work that they're doing because the two go hand in hand and they're not separate thing it's a you are a whole system body and mind and when you begin to respect that and understand the dialogue and have somebody help you to foster that and nurture that you can make great inroads for your own well-being well brilliant thank you yeah I love that the whole thought of doing the two in tandem working on the sort of mental health processes and the exercise as well Lorraine Being in business for yourself can be lonely and sometimes we can't see the wood for the trees. Excuse me. What small business, what can small business owners do if they feel, feel complete overwhelm is stopping their business growth? I think if you firstly acknowledge that you're feeling overwhelmed, that is a really good place to start. Uh, overwhelmed generally is this feeling of too much that there's just so, so much going on that you can't possibly handle everything and you don't know where to start. So it paralyzes you. So um, one quick tip I would give is to um, stop, limit the amount of information that you're taking in. Don't subscribe to that extra blog or that newsletter or um, or anything like that. Don't um, stick to even brands in in that you know and that you recognize and on a creative perspective you can do some really cool things with like maybe drawing out how you feel so whether that's like totally frazzled or you know sometimes people come up with images of foggy clouds or knots and and that's a really beautiful way of expressing that creatively or journaling how you're feeling um even putting on some music and listening to that that's soothing and calming or if you can translate it into i'm a dancer so i i particularly love this one that you express it into some kind of physical action and just get moving last one i would say is to get into nature all all great ideas uh, trisha and i like singing <clears throat> but we won't go there at the moment um, Paula, one of the therapists that you use, as you've already explained to us, is I Love You, Me, and the method Seven Steps to Transformational Self-Love. Can you explain how that um, works and how that might help? Yeah, well, again, you know, like we've all been saying, you know, a lot of what we're feeling, we're storing it in the body. So this is a, pro- a process that really helps you to get out of the mind, get into the body. You know, what are you feeling? Where are you feeling it? And then just with the right sort of questions and encouragement, it's just allowing people to then have that awareness. And, you know, more often than not, they will then have, you know, awareness of a childhood experience when maybe they first, they didn't feel safe. You know, and I think a lot with the last 18 months, that's why it's also triggering for people because it's that reminder of where they didn't feel safe as a child and they still don't feel safe. So it's a really lovely, deep, but loving process where you then can acknowledge and see what needs to be seen. And just as your adult self, your loving, wise adult, just give that little you, you know, what they needed and they didn't get as a child, but you can give it to them now so they feel safe again. Well, that's lovely. That sounds really, really lovely. Um, Alessandro, I understand that you have a podcast. Tell us more about that and uh, where people can listen to it. Yeah, I was looking for it and I couldn't find it just now. So, <laughs> But I think on my website, flowinghealth.co.uk, it'll, it'll be on there because I, I ran it for about, I can't remember, if it was a year or so, and I'm kind of relaunching it now. So it's in 
in progress. But if you if you look up the Flowing Health um, website or Flowing Health podcast, it'll it'll be up there. But really, it's bringing you know ancient and modern wisdom into daily living. You know, ha- you know, uh, one of the main books, my favorite books, is the Tao Te Ching, which is a two and a half thousand year old book by Lao Tzu second most translated book after the Bible, many people don't know. And it's just 81 short chapters on how to live life in a, in a balanced, happy way. Quite quite amazing book. So often I'm bringing in a meditation, maybe a chapter from there, and relating it to daily life because it, you know, it feels like it was written for our time right now, not, not two and a half thousand years ago. It feels like he knew what was happening. <laughs> but, th- but these are like life rules. So, so, and then also interviewing inspiring people on my podcast. So in the future, you know, I say the future from, you know, the next week or so, it'll, it'll be up and up and running. So fantastic. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Trisha, if you could give one piece of advice to our listeners or to anyone struggling right now with a mental health issue, what would it be? Such a big question and hard to choose just one. But if I had to just choose one, it would be to stop comparing yourself to other people. We're supposed to be unique. Uh, we are good enough just as we are. And uh, stop comparing yourself to who you think you should be. This is where social media come in, comes in a lot and all kinds of media. So just be your authentic self. And just if you're going to do any comparisons, compare yourself to how far you've come because we've made a lot more progress than we ever give ourselves credit for. Excellent advice. Excellent. Vidya, would you like to add a few more words of wisdom here? Yeah, you know, when we're going through our own challenges, we feel very much alone. And yes, on one level, our experience is uniquely our own, but you are never alone. There are lots of people out there to help you and walk along with you as you figure things out. And this is what life's about. There are people to support you. I, like Alessandro, I have a podcast called Choices. It has lots of free help out there. So just tap in and it's on major platforms. Brilliant, brilliant. Lorraine, if anyone listening now has stress or anxiety due to business or work, Lorraine, if anyone listening now has a stress or anxiety due to business or work um, issues, what would you recommend? I would say, again, just to reference back to acknowledging it, And I think that is always the first place to start and then go about sorting it out, Uh, reach out for help. I think there's so much support available, even with some of the helplines that are out there. For example, the Samaritans, you can get the professional advice um, from counsellors, coaches, consultants, etc., There's um, also most likely organisations within your business or within, um, you know, your workplace where you can um, reach out to and get some strategic support and really cover all bases to, um, to, to get it sorted from a holistic space. And for your own personal things to do is to take that time to, you know, even if it's just having a bath or having 15 minutes downtime before you go to bed, you can build it slowly in so that you're not sitting in that place of stress um, for for longer than you need to. You can fix it and you can um, take positive steps to resolving it. Paula, I firmly believe that it's very difficult to love others if you don't love yourself. How can someone work out if they do have unconditional love for themselves? And what's the first steps that they can do that they can take to start to heal this? 
Yeah, again, I think probably most of us will find it incredibly difficult to say that we completely love ourselves unconditionally. But again, it is looking for those patterns where, again, you criticise yourself or you're comparing yourself, like Tricia said, and just really bring in that responsibility and that acknowledgement back to yourself and looking for the positive within yourself, but equally acknowledging where you're at so if you're having a bad day it's like okay that's okay but just see yourself and you know in I love you me we talk out loud a lot because again that's very powerful we spend all our life avoiding ourselves and yet we're crying out to you know say listen to me so you know even saying things like hello me that feels xyz you know and just really getting that compassion with yourself and um Mel Robbins actually has just brought out a book called The High Five Habit, which again is a great exercise to do because if you look at yourself in the mirror, and a lot of people find that quite difficult to do, but if you high five yourself, you're kind of retraining the brain to that positive emotion because obviously a high five we relate to encouragement, to, you know, celebration. So, you know, that's a really good tool to use as well just to change that mindset. Oh, I love that. I love Mel Robbins anyway, and I love her book. So, well, we're going to have a little exercise now with Alessandro. Um, so, Alessandro, I won't say too much. I'll just say over to you. And uh, three minutes, Jill, or so, four minutes. Perfect. Perfect. Okay, I'll, I'll time it myself, and then I'll, we'll start with a, with a bell and end with that so people know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I was thinking about it last night, so I just, just four four letters came four r's came to me last night which is r for rest rest the mind so we're going to do a little resting the mind rebalance recharge reconnect so sometimes i just get these little ideas so we could do a short sitting meditation based on that and i'll just uh ring this when we start and then when we finish and um we can ideally sit you know if we're if we're listening to this just sit a little towards the front of the chair and back straight. Back straight is always quite important. So the spine energy is flowing up and down the spine and feet flat on the earth and just the hands can rest on the lap and we can just close the eyes gently. So I'll just talk us through the three minutes here. So if we just gently close the eyes, just sense the feet deeply into the earth. The earth actually is always there to invite any heaviness from the body, any any physical holding. So why not just drop it down to the earth, which is in the Qigong tradition, the yin element, the receptive, the feminine. And the mind is connecting up towards the heaven, which is the yang element, the pure and um, breathing, just breathing in and out through the nose. If we just are aware of the breath, gently counting the breath, in and out through the nose, we'll notice the mind begins to settle. Actually, the mind can't remain so busy when we focus on the breath. So sensing the feet into the earth, breathing gently in and out through the nose, sensing the spine extending down into the earth from the tailbone, up into the sky from the head. So the spine feels quite connected to the earth, to the heaven. Energy is always actually coming through the body. If we sit well, even standing, even out in nature, we're actually being nourished by this universal, natural energy. But when we sit, 
You want to sit in a more connected position. That's why it's a bit more structured. Feet into the earth, head up into the sky, imagining. And the thoughts obviously come and go. But if we imagine the mind just open, I love this expression, the mind limitless as the sky. So the thoughts like clouds drifting off. We don't hold on to them, we don't resist them, allowing them to drift off. And just aware of the body, aware of this connection, the breath connecting us deeper into ourselves. And through this connection, we're actually rebalancing the whole energy system. The mind becoming emptier, more awareness of the physical body, connection down to earth, groundedness, and recharging the body. The body is actually nourished by the earth as well. So sense this alignment, the spine open, connected between heaven and earth, breathing smooth, the thoughts drifting off, slowing down. And we can do this anytime. We can do this just in two, three minutes sitting. We can gently rub the knees, just feel the physical body, grip the earth with the toes, with the feet, just more aware of the physical, and just begin coming out. If we move the fingers, actually can become clearer quite quickly. And when we're in a relaxed state, you know, if we're disturbed by sound, like somebody ringing the bell, which never happens, <laughs> but did happen, <laughs> just notice how we can just stay relaxed. Alessandro, thank you so much. Now, we are out of time, so I would just like to say thank you all so much for, for being here today. And if anyone listening would like to know how to contact any of our therapists, I'll make sure all their details are on the Brooklands Radio website on the day that this goes live and also when we post the podcast. So thank you all so, so much. Just so much information. I could spend an hour with each of you really talking about what you do because we have given people just a tiny taste of everything. So I think we'll probably have to come back to this topic again and uh, explore in some more detail. So thank you all so much for being with us today. Brooklyn's Radio believes your health matters. 